So I explored a little better, and I could see this little tiny dot. It was the end of a thorn. Now, don't, don't moan and groan, put me on the prayer list. It didn't need stitches. <laughs> it was minuscule, couldn't hardly see it, but it was distracting. It was minuscule, microscopic, but it was distracting. That's what is all wrapped up in this word, hindrance. I'm Terry Nine, the pastor here at New Life Community Church. I thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in, and I trust the Lord's just going to bless you all over the place as we fellowship together here around the Word of God for the next 28 and a half minutes or so. We're in the back half of a teaching, actually a series that we began last week that's titled Get Rid of It. Our text passage, foundational passage, is Hebrews chapter 12. Now we're going to be talking about, we've introduced to you, some entanglements and some hindrances. These things can be very subtle. How often do we find ourselves hindered from getting into the Word of God or entangled in something to keep us from getting into the Word of God? And watch this, not only from reading the Word of God, but from engaging the work of God. Little small things that can keep us Little details, little disturbances that can keep us from uh, engaging the work of God. And that's what I want to talk to you about, and I trust that you'll be challenged by this. I want to read one verse in your hearing. This is not our text passage. We'll look at it toward the end of the message. It's Romans chapter 12. This challenges me every time I read it, and I trust we'll be challenged by it now. Again, Romans chapter 12, verse number 1, and the record puts it this way. Actually, uh, let's, let's just read verse number 2. And, uh, and we'll move on from there. Romans 12 and verse 2, we're told, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You understand how the transformation takes place? By the renewing of your mind. Then he says, Then... You will be able to test, after you do this, you will be able to test and prove what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Pray with me. Lord, I thank you for each one that's turned on this telecast by whatever means, whether it's live on television or a re-air through social media. And I pray that by your word, you would speak to hearts, draw us unto yourself, Lord, I pray you would eliminate the hindrances and the entanglements from our life and help us to understand what they are and how we might proceed in getting rid of these things. We pray, we ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, you be blessed. I'm going to be back here in just a little while to wrap things up. The goal, the finish line, is eternity 
in heaven with our Father, God Almighty, and His Son, Jesus the Christ. Consider this also. Actually, technically, we are running this race, all of us. We're running this race, all of the believers. We're running this race together by serving our unique individual roles. I love that God in his word likens the for, his forever family to a body. We all, we all have a body. Amen. You may not like the one you have, but you have one. So you have a living illustration, a physical illustration of what the body of Christ is. I love that. And together, we come together doing our individual, according to our individual gifting, and we work together to run this race. How many of you know that every physical race has its boundaries or parameters? You have a start line, right? You have a finish line, right? And you have a, spe a specified course. You can't just run all over creation. Oh, I, I won, I won, I was in the race. The believer's life race is no different. We have a set course, course marked out for us. Here it is. We have a set course marked out for us. The Bible the Word of God. And I told you that to tell you this, beloved, we can't just run amok with no sense of direction or no recognition of the end goal or with no recognition of God's finish line. Whose finish line? God's finish line. Another one of my children, this, this is, I'm featuring uh, Father Terry Day today. This is National Father Terry Day. Did you know that? Check your calendar. You thought it was just daylight savings time. Another one of my children, again, I'm not going to call any names, but one of my daughters, <laughs> once made me very proud and very rich. We entered Barbie, I mean, uh, one of my daughters, into a crawling contest. Or a race, if you please. True story, true story. The prize was a month's supply of Pampers. <laughs> uh, you get it, I'm telling you, buddy, uh, that makes you a rich man for a month. Yes, it does. Here's how this thing works. In fact, I think Pampers was sponsoring this, and it was held at, as my mother would say, at the food lion. Okay? They had this little mat thingy set out like a track thingy, and, uh, Here's the way it worked. One of the parents, and in our case, Sister D got on the, at the start line with little Barb and, and, uh, and Pasta T was on the other end at the finish line to, uh, to receive our little winner. The command was given, on your mark, get set, go. And I'm telling you, pandemonium set in. Babies scattered all over the food line. You've never seen anything like it. Except the one. Except the one, the one baby, the most beautiful little girl ever born. Sorry, other girls. <laughs> but she made a beeline for her daddy. 
finishing the race, not only finishing the race, but winning the race and enriching me with a, an entire month's supply of pampers. Now, I didn't need them, but she did, trust me. We still, at close family gatherings, still refer to her as Pootie, and I'll leave the rest of that to your imagination. I'm sorry I said that. Sort of. You know why she won that? Primary reason why she won is, watch this, she kept her eye on the prize for once in my life. I was a prize. That's what I'm talking about. I was the prize. She kept her eye on the prize. The other crawlers, watch this. There's a subliminal message in here. The other crawlers left the course in search of other pursuits. Hmm. Now, here's what I've really felt impressed to caution you with. This morning, it's number six on your study notes. In this race, generically referred to or called Christianity, we have to keep our eyes in the blank. I want you to put focus because when you, you hear eyes, I'm just not just talking about physical eyes or sight, physical sight. We're talking about focus. It involves much more than the physical eyes. We have to keep our focus on who, church? Jesus, in order to successfully complete the course laid out for us. In fact, verse 2 says, let us, read it with me, church, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Fix our eyes. It's talking about laser-like focus on Jesus. By the way, very similar to a baby on the floor of the food line, looking up. Can you imagine being on the floor of the food line when you're like six months or whatever? And you look up and you look out at all of those, literally thousands of potential pursuits, especially if they're near the cereal aisle. Boogity, 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 boogity. We too, every last one of us, face Similar distractions, many distractions every single day of our life. Isn't that true? I'm talking to you this morning. There are indeed what Hebrews points out, hindrances and entanglements every step of the way. Look at this again, middle part of verse 1. He says, let us throw off, and we're going to talk about that more next week. I can't hardly wait to teach that to you. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Sound like he's talking about two different things there, doesn't it? He is. These, beloved, well, let me back up and ask this to you. First of all, I was about to get ahead of myself. I want to ask you, and I'm going to begin to wind down real quick this morning as we head to our communion celebration. Here's a couple of questions for you. What are the hindrances and the entanglements? What's he talking about? I will say to you, these are not 
some complex, intricate theological mysteries that you must labor to unearth and that only the very super spiritual will ever figure it out. That's not it at all. You all, again, every last one of you, and I'm being repetitive on, pers- uh, on purpose, you all are intimately familiar with hindrances and entanglements, I promise you. Think about this. If you purposed some task, something as simple as going over yonder, and I'm pointing to that door, my task is to go to that door and open that door. If you purpose some task just that simple, and on the way to that door, to open that door, something, everybody say something. Something, be it very, very small, but something impedes your progress toward that task, that is a hindrance. It's a hindrance. Watch this. Even a thought that prompts you to pause and ponder is a hindrance. Does that make sense? Hindrance. The original word means encumbrance. It actually has a connotation of a weight, something of substance. The word was used in Greek culture in particular, the word was used to describe the clothing of the athlete. I think I've got a picture coming up. You see these track, track and field Stars, I sort of envy those guys that can run and run and run and run very fast. I want to call your attention to their uniform, what they have on. You see that with, or what they don't have on as the case might be. Now, I had some options. I could have posted some female track and field stars, but I would have been fired. You wouldn't have believed it. I had to get off of that real quick. But you see, you see they have these really light, short, little short thingies and just a, a tank top and uh, it looks like they don't even have on any socks. How do you run without socks for goodness sakes? And Just those very light shoes. If you ever, ever picked up any of those uh, running shoes that you almost you can't even hardly tell you have them in your hands. That's what hindrance is hinting at. Watch, the, on your notes, I'm headed to some note that I've set on your notes. The idea is the issue is probably a better way of saying this. The issue is not so much the thing, the encumbrance, the hindrance, the weight, what it is. The issue is not so much that as what it is the thing causes. And that which the thing causes is a distraction or a pause. The thing causes pauses. This past week, I was out doing a very manly thing. I was trying to kill a a briar bush, a sticker bush. I was pruning that sucker back. And all of a sudden, every time I would crank on my little pruning shears, prune, 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 Something would stick my little pinky over here on my, my right pinky, my favorite pinky. That's the one I stick out when I'm playing my banjo. It was sticking me, and I looked at it. I didn't see anything. So I started prune, 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 and it stuck me, and I looked, and I didn't see anything. 
Now, you've got to understand with these glasses, sometimes you're seeing things and you don't see things and vice versa. So I explored a little better and I could see this little tiny dot. It was the end of a thorn. Now, don't, don't moan and groan, put me on the prayer list. It didn't need stitches. <laughs> it was minuscule, couldn't hardly see it, but it was distracting. Are you with me? I could be doing stuff with my other hand and just barely move and feel that. It was minuscule, microscopic, but it was distracting. That's what is all wrapped up in this word hindrance. Stay with me right here. Specific hindrances are unique to each one. What do you mean by that, Pastor Terry? I mean your hindrance may not necessarily be my hindrance. My hindrance, that which would hinder me, may not hinder you at all. And yet the end of both of them or all of them is the same. It's a distraction. Check this out. A hindrance in the beginning isn't necessarily going to take you out of the race. Can you imagine those track stars? If one of them would say, you know, Somewhere along the way, I might pass a McDonald's. So I'm going to put my wallet in my running shorts. Or perhaps somewhere along the way, I might get thirsty, so I'm going to put this backpack on with a little water flash thing or whatever you call it. Or I'm, you know, I might get short on time, so I better put my watch on. Well, what if I get a call? I better put my cell phone in my, in my other pocket. And on and on and on. Some of the really cute ones might think, you know, what if my girlfriend's there? I better put some bling on. Yeah. Hat, shades, I could go on and on and on. Let me ask you this. Would that take you out of the race? Say no. Wouldn't take you out of the race. Probably take you out of the competition, but not necessarily take you out of the race. Most hindrances, listen to me, church, most hindrances are very subtle and nearly unrecognizable as such until you resolve to grow spiritually. How many of you are interested in growing spiritually? Not me, pastor. I just want to go to heaven when I die, and I hope that I'm 150 when that happens. Good luck with that. But we are called to grow spiritually. Hebrew, Paul talks about in he, that in Hebrews as well as a number of other places. And what I'm talking to you about right now is some influences that can cause you to lose focus and stymie your spiritual growth. You know, as a veteran pastor, as I look around at the world today, I, this is what is glaring to me. Not bad people, not horrible people, not rotten, filthy, nasty, outward sinners in some respects or people that engage in all kind of perverse things, but just exactly this. It's people who have been influenced by something that has prompted them to lose their focus. Well, what about an entanglement, pastor? Paul said the sin that so easily entangles, not just the hindrances. Watch this. I want to put this in, before you. And that is, it's simply this. An entanglement starts out as a hindrance. I'm pausing for emphasis. An entanglement 
starts out as a hindrance, only that it is a hindrance that wasn't properly dealt with. It's allowed, everybody say allowed. It's allowed to continue as a hindrance. Watch this. If some of you have never heard this before, others are being reminded of it. Beloved, a lot of people love to blame the devil for their weaknesses and faults and shortcomings. They love to blame the devil for the things they do, the sins they commit, rather than taking, uh, taking responsibility for it themselves and realizing that they have just lost focus. And they've allowed that to happen. They've allowed some hindrance to come into their life. It wasn't the enemy. Now, he's going around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, Tina. Roar. That's what I'm talking about, a toothless roar. Mm-hmm. Fill in number eight with me. I'm going to wrap this up real quick. A hindrance. Not squelched. Will you put some, will you underline not, draw a box around it, draw arrows to it, whatever? A hindrance not squelched will, de will develop into an outright entanglement. A hindrance isn't necessarily a sin, necessarily. But left unchecked evolves into exactly that which Paul is talking about here, the sin that so easily entangles. Now watch this. The trap is this for most persons. The trap is that we convince ourselves that we can manage a hindrance. We can manage this hindrance until you find yourself entangled. How many of you know that rope's a good thing? Rope. I like to tie Donna up with this every now and then so I can keep her home. This is my Donna rope. This be used for all kinds of things. You can make lassoes out of it. Lead your horse around with it. They're helpful things. Until you get like that fellow in that picture right there. How many of you know that's not such a good thing? You understand how a, a good thing can end up being a not-so-good thing? That's something that is a hindrance, just a little pause. If it is entertained over and over again, that can become an entanglement. Does that make sense? Easily entangles. I'm going to stop right there. Here's a question I have. What do we do about the hindrances, and the entanglements. What do we do about those things, Pastor T? The Lord willing, next Sunday, I'm going to tell you. I'm not going there right now because I felt impressed to leave you with some homework this morning. If you don't bring it back next week, you can't go out for recess, okay? So here's some homework for you. Here's some follow-up. Now listen very intently. Because I trust that this will be a prayer that you pray, not only this morning, but throughout this coming week, really that you pray this prayer. And it'll sound something like this, Lord, I have allowed for some hindrances or distractions in my life. I have allowed for some hindrances, some distractions in my life that is hindering my spiritual growth. 
that be the case, I want to encourage you to pray and ask the Lord to help you not only to, to really scrutinize that and pinpoint that, but to find the help you need in the power of the Spirit to be an overcomer. We read at the very, very outset this morning that God doesn't want you to be defeated, doesn't want you to be weak. He wants you to be growing and strong. He doesn't, we talked about last week, doesn't want you to be a gomer pile. He wants you to be a, a, a soldier in his army that is equipped with the full armor. Full armor. Right there. Let me reiterate something we said just moments ago. The real trap is that most of us, most men in particular, think that we can handle the hindrance, that we can handle the entanglement in and of our own power, our own strength. And then we get in the middle of it, and we get all tangled up, and we realize that we could not. Now watch. A hindrance and a trap isn't always something hideously evil. It can be a very simple thing that we allow to get us tied up and prevent us from engaging the Word of God and engaging God in times of prayer. By the way, prayer is our lifeline, our communication line. We don't have a whole lot to say to God, and I'm speaking for myself, but God has a tremendous amount of insight and wisdom and knowledge to pass on to us. If we will free ourselves from the entanglements of this life, long enough to spend some time listening for that still, small voice. I want to be an encouragement to you to do just exactly that. Hey, we preachers talk all the time about getting into the Word, reading the Word, and spending some time in prayer. That never gets old. It never goes away. It will never change. That is our connection to God, and I want to be an encouragement to you to make that, connect, that connection. You will have to force yourself to do that. There's 168 hours and everybody's weak, but it's up to you how you spend those. I know sometimes emergencies come along, things come along that get in the way of that. I understand those seasons of life. Deal me, I'm an, uh, uh, believe me, I deal with that all the time. I am an expert on emergencies and interruptions. I've been dealing with that for 40 some years now in the lives of a lot of people. I get that. But I also know that we are to pray, Lord, lead us not into temptation. The temptation quite often is that we pray after we get into the temptation instead of before. Be encouraged to spend some time before seeking God's wisdom and guidance and to look for His way out. Father, I thank you for each one that's turned on this telecast, and I pray in Jesus' name that by your word you would teach us and instruct us. And Lord, I pray you would put a hunger in our hearts, mine and the listeners' hearts, to look into your word, not just read it with our eyes, but to read it with our spirit, to know it, to understand it, to uh, embrace it, to assimilate it into our lives, and to allow it to lead us and guide us and direct us and empower us day in and day out. I pray in Jesus' name. Hey, beloved, before I get out of here, I do want to remind you that New Life has a regular schedule of activities. Look at this. Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, we meet live and in person. Also, Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock and a lot of other times that I, I do not have time to tell you about here, but I would love to talk to you about it. If you'd like more information about New Life, you can check out a lot of contact information there. Our website in particular offers a lot of information 
we would encourage you to go there. I've got to get out of here. According to the old watch on the wrist, it's time to go. I am Terry Knight and the pastor of New Life Community Church. I wish you a great week. And remember, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Is He coming back for you?